for listening to this episode of the Jambase Podcast. I'm Andy Kahn, and Jambase is a partner of Osiris Media, the podcast network for music. Osiris and Odyssey recently announced the new Breaking Waves podcast series, featuring deep dives into a particular music scene or movement. Season 1, Breaking Waves Seattle, premieres on Tuesday, October 12th. The first season will present an oral history of the emergence and growth of grunge and alternative music in Seattle in the 1980s and 90s. This episode of the Jambase podcast features my interview with Soja frontman Jacob Hemphill. We connected recently by phone and talked mostly about the band's terrific new album, Beauty in the Silence. We'll get to that interview with Jacob in just a moment, but first let's hear about the sponsor of this episode, Grateful Fred. I'm not sure if you've seen what the guys over at Grateful Fred have cooked up, but they've tapped into a pretty cool way to display our love of the dead on our cars. They started out by making the officially licensed Grateful Dead 13-point chrome bolt. The bolt is exactly like it sounds. It's a perfectly sized, snazzy little chrome bolt, super easy to apply, and it's all designed to blend perfectly with the rest of the chrome on our cars. That's where Grateful Fred got its start, but since then, they've expanded their Dead-based offerings, and then some. One of the latest pieces of eye candy is the chrome Grateful Dead logo. This one will turn the head of any deadhead. It's just a beautifully designed chrome car badge. And like most of their stuff, it comes in matte black too. Okay, so Grateful Fred wooed me with the bolt and all these beautifully designed car badges. But earlier this year, they rolled out something completely different. And this I hadn't seen before. Metal stickers. Very different than any sticker I've seen. These things are impossibly thin pieces of metal, and somehow, they've managed to capture just an unbelievable amount of detail with each design. The metal steely is just something that needs to be seen. And the metal terrapins, and the dancing skeleton, and the bears, you get the idea. And naturally, the metal stickers look awesome on car windows. But windows are just the beginning. Now you're able to identify your laptop, turntable, speakers, toaster, TV, steering wheel, mirror, fridge, light switch, piano, toilet seat. Okay, maybe not the toilet seat, but it's always nice to know you could if you wanted to. All right, I really encourage you guys to check out Grateful Fred. Head on over to grateful-fred.com to check out all their bolts, car badges, and of course, those metal stickers. Be sure to visit Jambase for the latest news on tour date announcements as bands and musicians are continuing to add end-of-the-year shows and starting to confirm 2022 tours. New Yorkers and those who visit the Big Apple will have 20 chances to see LCD Sound System in concert during their 20-night residency at Brooklyn Steel that spans November 23rd to December 21st. Yola Tango will also host a residency in New York City. They confirmed their annual eight-night Hanukkah run at the Bowery Ballroom between Sunday, November 28th and Sunday, December 5th. As is typically the case for Yola Tango's Hanukkah shows, each will feature a surprise opener and a comedian performing before the band takes the stage. Acclaimed acoustic guitarist Leo Kaki and Fish bassist Mike Gordon laid out dates for their first tour together since 2005. Leo and Mike will hit the road for eight shows on the East Coast happening in December. Friends of the podcast, The Mother Hips, added dates to their current tour schedule, which include the band's annual holiday run in San Francisco and a two-night New Year's run in Sacramento. And Chicago-based singer-songwriter and keyboardist Neil Francis expanded his upcoming tour with December dates in the Midwest. 
Make sure your Jambase account is up to date and that you're tracking all of your favorite bands and venues to stay on top of all newly announced concerts in your area and beyond. Now let's get to my interview with Jacob Himpel of Soja. The reggae band's new album, Beauty in the Silence, is their first in four years. Like many other bands, they were forced to record the album remotely due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We talked about Jacob's writing process and the approach he takes to creating new songs. He walked me through composing the lyrics and melody to the song Press Rewind, which opens the album and features special guests Kali Buds and Jay Boog. Jacob talked about the collaboration and how other guests were brought in to contribute to the album. Among those who joined Soja on the record, besides Kali Buds and Jay Boog, was Jacob's musical hero Ali Campbell of UB40, as well as Twiddles Mahali, Revolution, Slightly Stupid, Dirty Heads, Common Kings, and more. He also shared his thoughts on why collaboration is such an essential component of reggae music. Jacob explained the reasoning behind again turning to Max Ehrman's poem Desiderata as the inspiration for the Beauty in the Silence title, just as it had been for Soja's 2014 album, Amid the Noise and Haste. Jacob's father, who was a major musical influence, would often recite the opening lines of the poem to his son before heading out on tour with the band. We wrapped the interview by touching on Soja's cautious approach to getting back on the road to tour in support of the new album. So let's hear a bit of the Beauty in the Silence track Jump, featuring one of those guests I mentioned before, Slightly Stupid, followed by my interview with Soja's Jacob Hempel. you for taking the time to talk to me. I'm here with uh, Jacob Himpo of Soja. We're, uh, we're going to talk about your new record, Beauty in the Silence, which comes out, comes out September 24th, this Friday on this ATO Friday. Records. Very exciting. Uh, I've been listening to it uh, over the past couple of days. It's a, it's a, a lovely album. I really uh, enjoy it. I, I, my first impression was that it's, it comes off as like a love letter to music. Did, um, did, was that something that uh, ever crossed your mind while you were making the album? Yeah, that's kind of why Press Rewind is the first song. When mm-hmm. we were kids, yeah, when we were kids, music was, we didn't know what we were doing in life. You know, Bobby played football and Bird was wrestling and I, yeah, I didn't really do anything. I a lot of cards. Um, and then we started a reggae band and we did that every day after school for all of high school. Um, and back then there was no money involved. And we, when we left high school, we had our jobs, we had our apartments and we still played music constantly. Um, and then one day we started making a little bit. And then one day way later, it was our only job. Mm-hmm. And nowadays I'm realizing 
um, that the secret maybe to why some groups put out shitty records later on is because it really is a job. Right. Um, and then some groups put out sick records later on. And I was thinking about why that is. And I thought back to when we did it because we loved it. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute. We got to do this because we love it. If we if this is our job, whatever. But but if we don't love this, we're going through the motions on stage. I'm going through the motions writing the songs. We're going through the motions making the record. You know, it's just it's basically, oh, I don't want to wait was huge. We need another one of those. Or you and me was huge. We need another one of those. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't want to do that. We wanted to remember why, why we loved this thing that was our whole life and still is. And that's kind of the, the, the theme of a lot of it. Yeah. Did that theme arise early on in the process? I mean, it's been four years since your last studio album. So when did you start writing the, these songs? Um, I guess four years ago. Yeah. There, there's a song on there called Still You that's I actually wrote in college. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but it's, it's th what this is, is us loving what we're doing. And the whole band put a ton of time into this, but um, Trevor Young and I, the guitar player and singer, and mm -hmm. I probably spent an hour on the phone every day during the pandemic making this thing um mm -hmm. just email after email after email we already had the skeleton the structure down because before the pandemic we, we put a lot of the drum and bass and rhythm down okay um but all the like beautiful stuff that came later that was all over the phone um mm -hmm. and, and like recording remotely then oh uh, yeah for sure trevor's at his house i was at my studio um with my man ash uh Bird, the drummer was with Jim Fox. I think Bobby was recording from his house. Hellman recorded from his apartment. Yeah, I mean, really. Um, and it was it was voice memos coming from me of a line, you know, ba na na ma na 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 ma na, and that voice memo would be sent to this person, and then it would come back, and then I would say this, and they would say that, and we would try it this way, and then that. I mean, it was. But the, the beautiful thing about it is that we didn't have a time frame because we didn't know what to do. It's uncharted waters. Sure. You know, it, the, my whole life, what we've done and what everyone's done forever is you, you plan a tour around the album release. Mm -hmm. This album's coming out. We got three shows on the books right now. Right. Um, because of the pandemic. So there really wasn't a time frame there wasn't anything to tell us you know like hurry up so the stuff we ended up pulling out was it was loose and since we were remote there was nobody over anybody's shoulder saying turn this up bring that back do this this way mm -hmm. you could just make it perfect on your own so so you're with all these different components being recorded in, by different people in their different recording studios at home and elsewhere were those p parts then sort of filtered through you and Trevor was that how the the pieces all came together for sure yep um the way soja works is we all write the song together um but we all know what we're really good at okay you know bird is the best drummer i know for instance mm -hmm. um my thing is not being an expert at any instrument or even really being a great singer my thing is writing mm -hmm. um 
words and melodies, both vocal and lead lines and, and chords. And, you know, that's my job is the pen and the paper. Uh -huh. um, Trevor is the genius. Trevor's <laughs> the one who, who knows all the new Pro Tools, new Ableton, new Logic, new, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mad scientist. Yeah, like he, that kid is, is nuts. And he's the best guitar player I ever met. Bobby right. Lee is the best performer I've ever met. Our bass player, I've never seen anyone on stage with as much energy as that guy. Mm -hmm. um, each one of us has like a specific, we were kind of like, like the Power Rangers, you know? Yeah. Like each one, or like Voltron, but then we have to assemble to become the big robot. Sure. So that's kind of the deal. Do you tend to start with lyrics or with melody when you're writing a song? Um, I start with a feeling. Okay. If if I get a feeling and it sometimes is a memory, sometimes it's something that never happened or maybe hasn't happened yet. Sometimes it's me observing someone else or something else. But I get a feeling and I and the feeling normally comes with a melody, mm -hmm. a vocal melody. Okay. And then I make the guitar follow the vocal melody. And then I give it about a day and I come up with a way to describe the feeling with words. And then I have a specific process I've been using for years about deleting things I've repeated, um, adding on to things that I want to know more about. Um, I go can you, through that. Can you explain addition. that? How, how do you do that? Okay. So basically I write down everything I feel without rhyming it. Okay. And the feeling matches the original feeling, right? So if we take um, the first song on the record, press rewind. Mm -hmm. um, so the feeling was I can feel something in the past. So, and, and it, there was something, we used to be so in love with this and I want that. And so that became, I said, well, how do you do that? And I said, you got to press rewind. And I'm just uh, saying this to myself. Uh -huh. So at the top of the page says press rewind. Um, and I say, okay, let me press rewind. I was just going to start. I can remember in the days we used to watch Uju Bantan, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, Israel Vibration, Culture. Um, we could just play anywhere. And if you could tell us then about this, like tour buses and stuff, we would mm -hmm. never believe you. Mm -hmm. So then after you do all that, you take out all the unnecessary words you take out sentences like, see how I just listed way too many bands. Sure. So I, even though Israel vibration and culture are huge to me, I take them out. So now it's, I can remember in the days I used to watch Buju Bantan, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh. Yeah. And then instead of saying, man, we would play anywhere. I, you got to make it beautiful. So I say, pick up a six string and just tell me where to go. Mm-hmm. I would never know. And now the tour bus is pulling up to every city and all my old friends are still the ones who play in with me. See, I'm talking about those old friends that I used to watch Bob Marley videos with, right? Definitely. And so it, it has to loop back to itself. And then I bring it to now and every single song that I sing, I'm still smiling. And then I talk to the listener. Remember that your journey is all about the time and I can see it in the past. Like I feel it in my mind. And so it's, it, the initial feeling is supposed to be easy. The original words, the non-rhyming stuff where you're just describing everything is supposed to be easy because it's supposed to be natural because it's supposed to relate to the person listening to it. Mm -hmm. um, but the deletion process is supposed to be, t t t it takes time. 
because yeah. you have to you have to craft it. You know, I can draw a picture of an airplane, but when it comes time to actually make the thing fly, you know, like cool design, but can it fly? Sure. And that part takes a little while. But yeah, guitar and vocals is where it starts. Um, I'll normally have a rough idea of the bass line unless Bobby Lee is with me, then Bob does that. Okay. Um, and I always have a lead line, like whether it's a horn or a guitar or a keyboard or something, you know, I have, I know it's, it's not really that I have a line. I have a style. So my style is to never use more than five notes. Um, I get that from UB40, the reggae band that I grew up learning and listening to. Uh-huh. Um, but I use, so a line from me would be like, dun, 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 See, because it's already stuck in your head, right? Sure. You could hum it for me right now, right? Yeah, yeah, dun, 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 dun. So you get it already. Are you saying that's where you limit to five notes inside that melody line there? I never go over, no. Okay. With vocals, I don't really go much over either. Does that be, everything... has that become natural at this point, or do you have to kind yeah, of go back and grind I, it out? No, it's it's the way I work. So the, yeah. with the melodies, mm-hmm. I want them. I, remember, I grew up on UB40, so <laughs> yeah. I I want the melodies to be what the, what they do, which is happy and sad at the same time, and complex and simple at the same time. And I want you to remember it the first second you hear it. That's how you make pop music. Right. However, the part about reggae that I truly love is the lyrics and the message. Mm-hmm. So once you instantly get this song melody wise, I make the lyrics very complex, not on the surface. On the surface, you can sing along. But if you dissect it, you realize that there is a ton of stuff going on in there. So, yes, yeah, simple feel and complex under the water it's like when you look at the ocean you're like oh that's so peaceful yeah but there's like sharks and octopuses and shit down there right right you know there's like buried there's buried treasure and scuba divers who never made it back and Mm -hmm. ships and and planes from world war ii there's a ton of shit down there but when you look at the ocean you see the sunset you instantly get it you know what i mean definitely so that the top is the melodies and underneath it's the lyrics and and do you get much input from the other members of the band when it comes to finalizing the lyrics? You you talked about edit kind of editing it down. Do, are they involved in that process? Um, mu- music for sure. Uh-huh. Um lyrics. No, that's that's a me. That's you. That's your that's you. Gotcha. Unless I'm writing a song with with a, another singer, then right. it's a 50-50 thing. Yeah, I can remember in the days we used to watch Buju Bonton, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh Pick up a six string and just tell me where to go If you could tell me then about now I would never know when now the tour bus is pulling up to every city And now my old friends are still the ones who playing with me And every single song that I sing I'm still smiling Remember that the journey is all about the timing I can see it in the past like I feel it in my mind I hear it in the roots And the song press rewind Take me to the truth Like the very first time I fell in love with music Music Feel alive It's in the beat That my heart still plays I smell it in the weed At the dawn of the day I was 14 But the vibe still stays I'm still in love with music 
so there are plenty of guests on the album. Um, mm-hmm. So, so when the guests, when when you when you reach out to them, are they involved in writing the parts that they contribute, or do you give them what what they're supposed to supply? It depends on the song. Okay, and it depends on them. Sure. You know, like the song I did with Revolution E before the I, the song, the lyrics were done. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I asked Eric Achmani and Ali Campbell, who, by the way, is one of my heroes. I couldn't believe I was doing yeah, a song with them. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I, I still can't believe it, that it's, it's real. very, very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, the, the song was sent to them and the, the message was, listen, these lyrics are finished. Um, we would love, because I came up with Eric Achmani. I've known him my whole career. Yeah, he's been and, on the podcast. He's a great dude. Yeah, I mean, I've known that guy since, I don't know, 2001, maybe two. Oh, wow. No, yeah. I don't know. Three, I'm sure, or maybe, yeah. no, maybe 2005. I'm a, yeah, 2005. Okay. So, <clears throat> I mean, and I, I called him and I was like, dude, I think we might be getting UB40 on a song. <laughs> and he was just like, dude, are you sick? And I was like, man, I kind of feel like it'd be perfect for me and, and UB40 and Revolution. And he mm-hmm. was like, dude, he's like, do you want me to write lyrics? And, I was like, dude, I got it all done. And I had already recorded all the vocals for the whole thing. So I just sent it to him. And I was like, the plan is your verse two and Ali Campbell is verse three. And Eric sent it back within, I think, less than a day. And he was done with verse two. And then he harmonized his own verse. And then he harmonized my chorus. If you notice in that song, the first chorus is just me. No backup Mm -hmm. vocals. Yep. Second chorus is me and Eric. And the third chorus is me and Eric and Ali. All three. Okay, cool. I beg you turn around and come back to me now All I can feel is down when you're away, away. I sit and watch the phone and think back to years ago Who did I used to be before the day songs like um like reason to live where me and jared from dirty heads are just sitting in his studio in huntington beach i was at a festival that soja played and we i stayed and just went meet up with jared and write mm-hmm. and we wrote two songs that they recorded to actually um one we're going to release in the future but um that song i, I think we wrote it in maybe less than an hour uh, but we wrote that thing together. I mean, he and I both wrote the chorus with another guy, a guy named Denim. I don't know if you ever heard of him, D-E-N-M. Uh-oh. If you haven't heard of him, you'll hear him soon. Okay, but, cool. Um, but we were sitting there writing that thing. And um, that was not, I didn't write anyone else's verse. Nampo Bazigo wrote his in Spanish. Um, right. And Jared wrote his. Um but see, that song was perfect for that because the chorus is we all need a reason to live. So each singer could tell their reason to live. Mm-hmm. And it began Same as with, a collaboration, right? That began to me and Jared sitting in a studio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, um, so, so you did do, ha- you had, 
you, you talked before you laid down some early tracks. Was that was before the pandemic hit? Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. We started recording this record like like three years ago, I think. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, and then everything locked down. We were out doing shows here in Costa Rica. I was, I was, me and my girl were coming back on the airplane, and there's people wearing masks and shit. And we were like, what is going on? <laughs> the world is about and, to change. And that was it, man. That we got home and we turned on the news. We got an Uber and went back to the house, turned on the news. Um, no, picked up our dog and then came home <laughs> and turned on the news. And uh, and the world was exploding. And then after that, it was uh, me and Trevor and everyone else just remote. Uh, and then did all the guests, were? I assume then they recorded their parts remotely as well? Um, Everyone except for... Jared, that was me and him were doing it that day. Right. Uh, and maybe, no, even members of the band. I mean, Trevor was recording separate from me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, all my final vocals were were me at my my boy's studio down the street. Oh, wow. I, it was just me and my, my engineer and my vocal producer, Mariano. It's the three of us in a studio for you know, two, three weeks doing each song. Perfect. Um, but yeah, things would just pop up in people's emails and they'd be like, Oh shit. Like so-and-so killed it, mm -hmm. you know? And like, I would get an email and like, Oh, bird redid the drums for this. Right. And you know, it was, it, it was awesome. That's why I called it beauty and, or we called it beauty in the silence. Um, because we found beauty in the silence. And you went back to a poem that you've referenced before for an album title to, to come up with yeah, beauty. Desiderata. Desiderata. Yeah. Desiderata. Um, yeah. My dad, my dad traveled his whole life. He worked for the IMF mm -hmm. um, and he knew what it was like to be on the road and to miss birthdays and holidays and funerals, and weddings, kids being born. You know, he knew what it was like to yeah. miss everything. Um, and he knew I was going down that road too. And so he'd whisper the first two lines of Desiderata, which hangs in my hallway. It was front, a gift from my father. Um, but he'd, he'd hug me and he'd say, go plastly amidst the noise and haste. That was two records ago. It was called amidst noise and haste. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he'd say, and remember what piece there may be in silence because he knew I was walking out into noise, loud and haste fast. He knew what I was going to do. It was going to be airplane sound check show, airplane sound check show, airplane. You know what I mean? Yes. He knew. And he, so he would say, and that's why I was his favorite poem. That's what his life was like. And he would say, remember what piece there may be in silence. And so this record, I was like, Oh shit, I can complete that line right now. And it <laughs> makes more sense than anything else I came up with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely been silence over the past 18 months. Mm -hmm. Um, and you start to feel like you're going crazy, you know, was and your dad, you gotta, a, was your dad a musician? He seems like he had quite an influence yeah. on, on you. Yeah. He taught me guitar and piano and how to uh, harmonize vocals and how to read music. And yeah, he was everything to me. That's why I have that song. Everything to me. That was him. That's beautiful. Um, were there other influences that you drew upon when you were making this album? Um, well, I mean, I, I was kind of drawing on the world around me. I'm looking around. I see the trees aren't going crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, the animals aren't going crazy. Mm -hmm. It's just, it seems like the human race without consumption and competition, you know, and they're just left in their mind 
everybody's starting to kind of fucking go nuts. Mm-hmm. And that was the inspiration for probably 70% of the songs. I wanted to go back and ask you again too about the guests on the album. Um, sure. Uh, I've, you know, you've, you've had guests on previous albums, uh, revolution. Uh, when I talked to Eric, they had had plenty of guests. There's, th- there's a lot of cross pollination, a lot of collaboration within reggae. Um, do you think that's because of the, the music, the, the, the community around it, the tradition? Why do you think that that collaboration happens so much with, with reggae musicians? I think the origin of it comes from Jamaica. Um, mm-hmm. In the in the 70s, you know, uh, a studio would make what's called a rhythm mm-hmm. and they would and different singers would get on that rhythm. And whoever's version blew up, you know, that was that was the one. Um, and so, like, you know, the Jay Book song, Nice to Know You, Let's Do It Again. Mm-hmm. The nice to nice to know y'all, let's do it again. So there, there's like a bunch of versions of that song. Okay, but but boogies is a huge one, right? Um, and I think the rhythms from Jamaica is maybe where it started. Like we made a rhythm CD one time of of us. It was called Surma Bear, um, and it was Bobby Lee's two songs from Peace and Earth from Get Wiser. It was Faith Works and Be Aware, and we just got mad different people on both of those rhythms mm-hmm. um and then i did one just for fun and it was called rest of my life that was to one of bobby lee's songs and that became our biggest song i think it has 172 million views on youtube or something oh, wow. but that was a rhythm mm-hmm. a, a soja rhythm that was me playing taking the horns off and then playing my guitar line instead of the horns and then doing my vocals um but i think collaboration and reggae kind of I don't want to sound corny, but go hand in hand, you know, like from, from the beginning, from Jamaica. And at what part in the process of making this album, I guess, like on a given song, when do you decide it needs a guest and how do you decide who that guest is? Once I'm done with the lyrics and I hear my friend knowing what I'm talking about, but telling it from his own perspective, I call him normally. Okay. That's normally it. You know, if I, if I had, um, sing like Press Rewind, for example, I'm singing about my, when me and Bob and Bird fell in love with music, right? So that's going to Roots shows in DC, going to see Culture and His Vibes. Um, and I was with Kali Buzz the night I wrote it and I was like, yo, what, what's yours? And he was like, dance hall. Uh, he's from Bermuda. And I think Bermuda, please check the facts on that for me. But <laughs> I, think, I think you're right there. Um, but for him, it was dance halls, you know, it was going, yeah. it was, it was, it was DJs. Right. Um, and then I was talking to my manager, our manager, Elliot, and I was telling him, you know, Bud's going to be dance hall and mine's going to be um, Roots. And he was like, dude, Boogs would be Jawaiian, like Polynesian reggae. Oh. They call it, they call it Jawaiian. It's, it's just a Polynesian brand of reggae, but they have their very mm-hmm. own unique brand of reggae. You know, mm-hmm. when you listen to um, Fiji or J-Boog or Common Kings or Ali Mac or Anuhea, you know, you know, you're listening to Polynesian reggae. Right. Um, and, or Micronesian or Melanesian or, but the Pacific Island version mm-hmm. of reggae. Um so that song was three guys telling the same story from three different perspectives. And the chorus applies to all three. 
So that's kind of how you decide you're going to have guests on this song. Now, when it's a very personal song for me, like Fall Like Rain, the last song on the record, mm-hmm. uh, there's no guests. Right. You know, a song like Break It Down, there's no guests. You know, a song like Still You, there's no guests. I can't have somebody come and tell the story how it's still her. Because right. for them, so, maybe it's maybe it's not. You know so what I mean? part of it has to do with how sort of uh, personal or biographical the 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 story well, is and in the also song. it's it's the, it, it's that but it's kind of coming from the other direction it's basically coming from it's saying that but what you just said is true but it's from the thought on my friend who knows this story but has their own way of telling it is this song going to be better is it going to relate to more people and to me that means better um and if the answer is yes then they're on the song if they want to be we don't and, do it to like get views or streams or something. You know, we do it so that there's a broader perspective of the similar subject. Right. To enhance the, the right, to make it a better song. Yeah. Right. Right. To, and, and to have the end, uh, what the end result better than if, if you left it off. Right. Correct. And, Correct. and when you're getting these parts in, you were talking before, you know, kind of get opening up emails and, and having these neat, neat surprises of new, new submissions. Were you getting multiple takes? Was there a lot of back and forth then when you, when you did receive those things like, this is great, but can you tweak it? Or, or were you kind of accepting sometimes, what came in? No, sometimes I have to, I have to get on the phone with people or, you know what I mean? Well, keep in yeah. mind, most of these people are friends from a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to say who, but sometimes, yeah, I, something's not long enough or something's not short enough or something's, I have to make some arrangement changes because we get, maybe we gave them the wrong version. Of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes you just get it and you're like, holy shit. Like, I remember when Jared sent his part for, for um, Reason to Live, I flipped out. Yeah. Like, I just heard it because well, it's Jared, you know, yeah. but and sturdy heads that guy obviously is good at what he does but Mm -hmm. not saying that anyone isn't good but but he when i heard halfway through the verse he goes the beat drops and he goes you are a blessing life is a lesson i'll be your weapon keep fighting on and i was like oh jesus dude this guy is a fucking assassin i'll be your weapon keep fighting on we are we are So far away, uh, like rain on a sunny day, uh, need a reason to live, a reason to breathe, a reason to love, a reason to grieve, the reason is you, the reason is me, the reason is truth, I hope that you see, you are a blessing, life is a lesson, I'll be your weapon, keep fighting on, leave all your questions, you're my obsession, I'll be your weapon, keep fighting on, we are, we are, need a Yeah, but then sometimes, and I mean, I'm the same, you know, when people give me a song to do, sometimes I just knock it out on the first. I don't hear it from them back until it's released. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'll send a song back and they say, we love what you did. We want to take it more this direction. 
And that's because the most important part about collaboration is like we were talking about before, is the end product better for me or whoever being there? Mm -hmm. If so, then we should have done this. If not, we should not have done this. Do you ever get something and then end up not using it? Did that happen on this record? You don't have to name names, obviously. No, 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 not on this one. It's happened in the past, but not, Mm -hmm. not on this one. Everything we got, if it wasn't exactly on, we would just, I'd get on the phone and we'd do some talking. And I mean, everyone on this record is extremely good at what they do as far as the the members, the musicians, the features, the everyone on this is like very good at this. So it's not like there was egos involved. If I call and I say, "Dude, we need another bar," mm-hmm. you know, I mean, go, that's why you that's why you reach out and want to work with these people, right? I mean, it's yeah, like yeah, the, you know yeah. that that you have that relationship and that you have that ability to collaborate. Yeah, I mean, it's not like like oh shit, yeah, I gotta call Jay Z. it's 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 not like that i'm calling somebody that i was eating lunch with like six months ago yeah definitely um we can we can get wrapping up here um but i I, you mentioned you have just three shows on the books are you are how how's the how's it looking for your your future of touring uncharted waters man i watch the news every morning and i i mean it's it's back to going up now with the covid no doubt so, so just kind of sitting tight and, now and seeing what happens. Now they got the third there. variant now. That's that's not a question for me. That's why. Well, I don't know. I honestly yeah. don't know the answer. I know that these are uncertain times and it's on charter waters. Um, gotcha. Our manager Elliot is a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, our manager has been our manager since we were in high school, basically. Um, cool. And he's a real genius. And with him, our two booking agents are geniuses. Um. And the three of them work together closely on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've tried to have Elliot explain it to me in the past and like how it works and everything. And he'll start talking and he'll, we'll get like an hour in and I'm learning all this stuff. And I'm like, this is insane. I didn't know any of this. I just know about the music, you know? And, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, the fucking really insane part. He's like, is in six months, this will all be different. Yeah, he was like, and nothing to do with the virus. He was like, this industry changes so fast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that basically you're you're working within a world that is evolving constantly. He was like, so this whole conversation of me explaining this tiny part of my job to you that took an hour um, isn't even going to be relevant in six months, right? And once we that we had that conversation like a year ago, and once he said that, I realized that I'll probably never understand the booking and management side of this world (laughs) (laughs) because to do, to do that takes three highly intelligent people as is. Yeah. Um, It turns out you have the easy part. (laughs) And that's just for one band. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So to answer your question, I guess what I could say is, man, I want to go on tour and man, I want to play music. Yeah. I want to feel the energy from the fans. I want to see my bandmates. Mm-hmm. I want to go live on a bus with them for 10 weeks. Your you friends, know, I, right? Yeah, dude. I grew up yeah. with these guys. Yeah, yeah. I, if I could choose, I'd choose to start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but the honest answer, Andy, is I, I, I don't know. Right. 
I mean, yeah, it's, it's a perfectly acceptable answer given, <laughs> given the world we're living in these days. Um, well, thank you, Jacob, for taking time to talk with me today. Um, everybody should check out the new Soja album, Beauty in the Silence, when it comes out September 24th, ATO Records. Um, if you win and if you are out touring, go check them out. Um, stay safe out there. And uh, like I said, thanks for talking with me today. Later, bro. All right, man. Take care. Give me something to believe in. I need the truth for Caroline. Give me something to believe in. Come on, please don't ask me why. I need something I can breathe in. Episode 99 of the Jam Base Podcast. Thanks to all of you out there for listening. We couldn't have made it this far without you. Thanks also to Jacob for taking the time to chat with me. Be sure to check out Soja's new album, Beauty in the Silence, wherever you find good music. Thanks also to Jake Alexander for helping produce the episode. We'll be back soon. So in the meantime, stay safe out there and go see live music.